When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, wherever you are in the world. It's back today with day five of the Silk Report. Nice to see you all with us. Uh, I love this comment, by the way, from Matthew D'Souza saying, looks like Manorino is heading through to be Nadal's sacrificial lamb. Yeah, I think probably most of us would agree that Manorino would be the slightly easier uh, option for Rafa in the next round. But let's see. Actually, let me know in the live chat what the latest score is. Last I saw it was um, Manorino was a breakup in the fourth um, and Karatsev was having an injury timeout. So let me know how that pans out. Let's go straight to um, the tweets of the day, by the way, which begins with, uh, I've got a live poll going, feel free to get involved. Will Manorino Karatsev finish before or after the Silk Report? Um, <laughs> normally, we would like the Silk Report to be at the end of play, but Manorino doing what Manorino does best, managing to drag it out. Sometimes points seem to last longer than sets for others. Um, so much so that... Um, I actually got asked by Matt Gunner just before going live. He said, aren't you going to wait for the live tennis to finish first so you can do a full roundup? Well, yeah, of course, I'd love to. But it might be time to do day six Silk Report before Carazzo and Manorino finish the way they're playing. Um, and I think it's all down to Manorino. Listen, let's get straight to it, though, um, regarding day five, which is where we still are right now. It's a bit confusing, but day five. And I guess the biggest story of the day will be Osaka's defeat um let me know in the live chat were you surprised by that um defeat I, I i said in the podcast yesterday that i was leaning to uh towards an osaka victory meaning it was 55 45 60 40 in her favor i think osaka her, her absolute flying best wins that match she's probably just slightly short of that right now and given how stacked the women's game is if you're slightly off it, especially against an opponent who was on it like Animisova was, um, Annie Simova was, 
you're going to you're going to going to go out and that's how it is but i, I like the ph philosophical viewpoint that she had on it gunner wasn't surprised that's good to see um 12 travel travel one a little surprised yeah uh osaka played well um says matthew d'souza nice uh cool anyway back to osaka yeah i, I like the philosophical attitude that she had afterwards as, as mentioned here by uh tumani cariol who's by the way probably right now is my favorite writer on tennis so please check him out at the guardian he does some great sort of longer pieces comment pieces opinion pieces um he's one of the best out there if not the best i would say right now and he's got this quote from the press conference he was in the press conference live and he was asking her questions and this is one of her answers i just want to go into this year knowing that i'll have the greatest attitude ever and i think her attitude today was spot on um, she was fighting hard for every point, as she says here. Even if I win or I lose, I go off the court knowing that I tried my hardest. And there is no one, no way anyone can expect anything more from me. And yeah, that's it. You're going, to, and she said herself, she said, you're going to lose tennis matches. It's what happens. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You don't want to have any regrets, though. You want to leave it all out there. So. I'll just go off the court knowing that I tried my best. Um, there's going to be moments when there's stuff that I can learn from and I can improve, but that's that's key for her. And let me know if you think that her performance was off today in the live chat. Tell me what you thought about it, how it went. Um, I thought she did well, but ultimately she's coming up against a great opponent. I know we touched on it before, but Tim, oh no, not Tim Cahill, uh, her coach Cahill. Um, Tim Cahill is a footballer. Cahill, I think, is doing what Cahill does. He works with winners, whether it be Simona Halep, whether it be Leighton Hewitt as well, who he worked with many, many years ago. This is a guy who takes people to the next level. And as we're seeing with Anisimova, he's certainly doing that. And she's getting confidence as well with each match. Will it be enough, though, to beat Ash Barty, who again looked unbelievable? I mean, she crushed Georgie 6-2, 6-3 today. Um, I see Barty having too much. One thing that we, there is about Barty, yeah, Liam there reminded me, Tim Cahill from the Dizzy Heights of Everton to coaching tennis. Yeah, exactly. Anyone who's a soccer or football fan out there will know the Tim Cahill I'm, I'm referring to. Uh, he's He was Australian and he was a beast. Maybe, maybe there's a relationship though. I don't know. Um, let me know. Uh, you guys can check that out for you anyway. So, yeah, so Barty anyway, I, uh, I think Barty will have too much for Anisimova, but it could well go three. And we do see Barty, who's yet to win an Australian Open, don't forget. We do see Barty a little different in Australia, I think. Um, we do see her, she's not even, she made a final. I don't think she's even made an Aussie Open final yet. So will we get one of those performances from Barty? It doesn't look like it. And she is the favourite. Um, ben picked her. I picked her. Um, but maybe we should come to, uh, at this point, maybe we should come to um, uh, JG's pick for the title, uh, which is this lady here, Azarenka. Oh, no, he's gone for, he's gone for Swanchek, hasn't he? Uh, but he's got Azarenka in the final, so my apologies. This is a really cute moment, by the way, when uh, Azarenka is asked, uh, or her son is asked, how did mummy play today? And he said awesome which i think pretty much sums it up i mean that was the live stream we had um last night as it was here um don't know what time it was wherever you were in the world but um 
Yeah, and she did look awesome and, and she went through comfortably. Okay, let's get to Paola Badosa. Uh, it's a nice tweet here from her, second week, Australian Open. Uh, it was anything but comfortable and anything but awesome from her, I would say. This was a match I paid close attention to, actually. I think it was on similar time to the Azarenka match. Um, so I couldn't cover both, but I was really focusing on the Badosa one, mainly because it was, it sort of flipped. At 6-2, 4-2, it looked very comfortable for, Bo for, for Bedosa. Um, no 12 travel 21. I think he got Muguruza for his year-end number one. I think, JG, if you can remind us in the chat, I think he went for Swanchek to win, beating Azarenka in the final. Um, so, anyway, yeah, keep me up to date, by the way, with uh, Karatsev, because there's only so many things I can cover. If anything crazy happens, is it back on serve yet, or is he still a breakdown in that fourth set? Um, yeah, he's got Swanchek to beat. JG's uh, 57, JG. Uh, I wonder if 57 is his age, by the way. Not sure on that. Let me know what you think in the live chat. So, yeah, he's got Swanchek to beat Azarenka in the final, but he's got Muguruza as his year-end number one. Um, so, Bardi, 50-plus games without even breaking. Yeah, exactly. She's not uh, lost her serve, uh, I think, in 50-plus games. We're going to come to another player as well who was on an incredible winning streak with his serve, but unfortunately that came to an end today. But uh, Badosa, so 6-2-4-2. What happened? <laughs> I think maybe she switched off. I sort of switched off myself. Um, so, yeah, I I didn't see that going the way it did. And then suddenly Ostapenko not only gets it back on serve, so not Ostapenko, um, who did she beat today? She beat uh, Kostiuk. Kostiuk gets it back on serve and then manages to win the third set. Uh, remarkable. Uh, and then the beginning of the fourth set, sorry, the beginning of the third set, we had an unbelievable run of breaks of serve. I mean, I think at one point I counted about almost half of the service games in the whole match were on a break of serve. That did sort of plateau a bit and even out um, or by the end and it went back to serves. But um, I don't know. I thought there was a wobble from Bedosa. On the positive side, the leg injury that seemed to be troubling her in the first round does seem to have gone. I didn't see any strapping on the legs. I saw some on the arm, although I think sometimes that could even be Something else and nothing too serious to worry about. But um, talking about on the shoulders, in that third set, I was a bit worried for Badosa. Every time she would get a break, she would get broken back. And Kostiuk was someone that she wasn't going to be able to shake off. And even the demeanor of the two players, Kostiuk looked like she was enjoying it. She just looked like she was having fun out there. Um, <laughs> 12 travel 21, I think 57, because 1957 was the last time West Ham won something. Very good. Um yeah, so, and I thought Kostiuk, yeah, she's having fun. She was enjoying it. There were some nice images of her mother in the crowd. Um, and Badosa looked like she had the weight on her shoulders, not just those, the strapping that we saw. So, I don't know. I think this is a concern for Badosa. And um, I think she was a contender and still has to be a contender. I mean, she's the number eight seed and arguably her form is probably the best out there along with Ashley Barty. Um, that's left in the tournament. Uh, she's obviously in the same half as Barty, so that might uh, prevent her from making the, uh, you know, at the final. But anyway, let's see. Let's see how that uh, pans out. Okay, uh, women for now, at least. Tick. Uh, let's get to the men. 
So we've got this lovely tweet here from Jose Morgado. Just going to bring in with uh, Carreño Buster. I think that's a good win for PCB. Um, beating Corder there in four sets. And, and the one set he did lose was on a tie break. 6-4-7-5-6-7-6-3. That tie break was super, super close. He only lost 8-6 in that tie break. I thought this was, uh, this was two players that were arguably on different trajectories until today. And uh, I was looking at Corder as being somebody sort of heading in this direction and maybe PCB plateauing or even going down slightly. And I think it's a big win for him. It's nice. Um, <laughs> as Jose Morgado reminds us, though, the last time he got to this stage at the Aussie Open, uh, it was a very different ending of his tournament. Put it that way, with this unbelievable outburst, if we remember, uh, I think it was a fifth set defeat at this stage um, three years ago, two years ago. Uh, and it's funny because PCB is such a calm person on and off the court that it was just it was just bizarre uh, uh please check it out on youtube if you go to uh pcb australian open it'll be one of the first ones you find on youtube um it's it's actually quite funny but almost a bit disturbing and yeah anyway check that out and uh good luck for pcb for the rest of the tournament so spanish players i guess we have to now come to Rafa Nadal. Rafa Nadal was last up on Rod Laver. We touched on it a day or two ago regarding whether that would be good for him or not. I think most of us would agree that um, Rafa being on that late is not ideal for him. I think he would rather have an afternoon slot. I'm sure he had an influence over the first two rounds over what time he was on, and he may get lucky again uh, on Sunday for his next opponent. Um, that's, of course, if his next opponent is ready by Sunday because it's Manorino against Karatsev and they may still be playing on Sunday. So let's see how that pans out. But, um, yeah, so rather uh, regarding Rafa today anyway, 6-3-6-2-3-6-6-1, losing his first set of the tournament. Um, maybe a wobble would be a bit too strong a word for that. But, um, yeah, uh, it was ultimately fairly comfortable um i thought his overall level was at its best hi george by the way um yeah i thought his overall level was was at its highest um so far uh, i think especially in those first two sets and even just the first three or four games i think he broke um uh, to take a two love lead at the beginning of the match and i thought <laughs> it was just nine or so points i think uh, in those first uh, that first sort of opening exchanges but i thought wow we have seen a, a, a an up an increase and rafa's had to and he will probably have to go another level higher if he's really going to go deep uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, yeah you did join at the right time george exactly just talking about rafa so regarding rafa today i made a few um notes on him actually because I thought there was quite a few interesting things. He won the toss again, third time in a row, chose to serve first again. You're going to serve first more often than not, and I'm sure he'll probably continue to do that, and he'll be desperate to win the toss if he ends up playing Zverev in the quarters. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I think there's a confidence with his serve at the moment. Um, he actually, I think of the first 20, I think the first sort of six service games, I think he won 24 points with a loss of just three points. Uh, which was um, incredible. Uh, CB Logic there asking, what happened to Osaka? I've already covered Osaka, so please feel free to either stay live and then re-watch the beginning of the show or even just flick back now. Um, so uh, continue anyway with Rafa. 
Yeah, so uh, it was looking good for him for two sets, uh, I would say. Um, uh, I think Hatchinoff is a is a confidence player, and I think it was the third set where I think having lost those first two sets, sort of struggling a bit somewhat. Uh, I think that um, that that he suddenly sort of played a bit more freely in that third set. I felt he seemed to be enjoying it. He even sort of had a couple of interactions with the crowd. He also had an interaction with a <laughs> with a cockroach a few times. We've seen quite a few animals enter the court. We've had seagulls, and now we're getting cockroaches. Let me know in the live chat what animal you're expecting to see on court tomorrow. Of course, we had an animal down the other end of the court, and uh, that was the beast or the bull that is Rafa Nadal, and he certainly was exerting that for two full sets. I thought he was very impressive. I thought for those two sets, this is a level that will will do go, do him good. And I think even four sets, by the way, was good. I was a bit worried to see how he would pan out with the with the energy levels, and there were some echoes and reminders of the defeat he had against Sitsipas because he won those first two sets against Sitsipas a year ago, six three six two, before losing the third set. Big difference, though. The guy down the other end of the court is not Sitsipas, and uh, Sitsipas's level, if you remember, um, yeah. Can we start dreaming, Liam? Uh, I'm not sure. I think that the Zverev, until the Zverev thing is done, then we can start dreaming. Um, but I think the other guy down the end of the court is the big difference to how it was a year ago. I think if that, if we remember that Pass match, Rafa was flying for two sets and then he got to the tiebreak in the third set and he missed a couple of points and, and that seemed to throw Rafa a bit for a while. But even more importantly, I think, regarding that match is Pass for three sets or two and a half sets in that match was just playing, you know, big three level tennis. And I'm, I'm serious about that. He was just unbelievable. Rafa wasn't getting close to Tsitsipas on his serve. And also um, the backhand, which we know can down the line, which we know can hurt Rafa, especially when he runs around his forehand, leaving that gaping wide court. That's where Tsitsipas was at a year ago. Hatchinov, despite winning that third set, never looked like he was going to get um, to that level today. Um, I did touch on it there. We've, we've obviously got Rafa Nadal against Manorino or uh, Karatsev in the next round. Keep firing away with that in the live chat, by the way, because I can't keep across it. Um, Manorino, a tiny, that's great. So I'm trying, trying, they've been at four, three for about 10 minutes. Okay, maybe I should adjust that poll. Will this game at 4-3 finish before the end of the Silk Report? And let me know in the chat if you think... Um, uh, Rafa Nadal might have to be on last on Rafa Nadal, on uh, Rod Laver Arena on Sunday night because um because this match might need to go for another thirty six hours. Let's see. Um, Nastasic Nastastic, by the way, thank you for this. Karatsev is no longer a relevant player with his performance. Um, he's not going to make a brand second week of a Grand Slam for a very long time. Well, <laughs> Nastasic, uh, you might be right. Um, especially as it's now five three to Manorino, but. Um, but he's still not far away from making the second week. I guess with Australia, it's a bit a bit different because what we think of as being the second week is the fourth round onwards. But if I'm right, they they don't they they do play on Sunday. So, um, but correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Um, anyway, regarding Dahl and, and and what lies ahead, I think there was an interesting moment as well that Rafa mentioned in his uh or after after the match interview with Eurosport. He said um. He said, talked about the differences between each set or sort of the three phases of the match, the second, the first two sets, then the third set, and then the fourth set. 
And um, he said that actually he made a move, if you like, in terms of uh, where he was on the court regarding return of serve. So in that first two sets, he was quite aggressive with his court position, even on first serves, but particularly on second serves from Hatchinoff, who we know is a pretty big server, got 19 aces in the previous round. And he moved forward a bit for those first two sets. For some reason or another, he went back a little bit further uh, to receive serve in the third set. And that's kind of where it went undone. And he returned to a slightly more aggressive position for the return of serve in that fourth set. Made a big difference. And I tweeted at some point during that fourth set, I think around the time that he broke serve. And by the way, there's a great image of him here, uh, which is, you know, we know this image. We've seen it many times with Rafa uh, when he does break serve. And we saw this uh, break of serve at the beginning, I think, of the fourth set, which is crucial, by the way, because I remember Rafa winning, losing the first point of the, the fourth set and thinking, you don't want to be losing your serve this early on, but he held. And then he managed to break. And in that service game at, at one love at the time it was, or, or, or Rafa was leading one love, it was a huge game in the match because there was some there was two huge points that I said reminded me of Rafa of 2009 rather than 2022 because some of his defense in 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 some uh one point in particular I think it was a juice point his defense was unbelievable just getting the ball back making Hatchinoff go again and this is what I mean with with the person down the end of the court Hatchinoff at times especially in sets one two and four was an uh, an unforced error in waiting um, and that's that's kind of where where we were with Hatchinoff today, with the exception of the third set when he was a bit looser, I think. Um, and ultimately, that de- unbelievable defensive point did finish on an unforced error. I think it went in the tram line from Hatchinoff. And then the point that followed, again, Rafa's behind in the point. Rafa's behind in the point. And then an unbelievable backhand winner. And then we saw this exaltation from him and... He went on to break again and, and ultimately close it out reasonably comfortably. So he lost his serve once today, Rafa, which is the first time in the tournament uh, that he has lost his serve. But yeah, looking good. But I'm not going to start dreaming until um, until uh, until the Zverev question is answered. Um, I don't see um, Shapovalov answering that question, so to speak, in that I don't see Shapovalov beating Zverev. I think he's too hit and miss. As a result, he may take a set, but Zverev is looking awesome, and he won in straight sets today. Okay, let's have a roundup uh, of other things today. Uh, Krajcikova, by the way, who managed to get through, I was there was a funny moment with her where she took an eight-minute toilet break, and I don't know. Um, it is becoming a bit of a a bit of a thing with Krajcikova in that. Um. Oh, actually, no, I just want to touch on one more thing with Rafa. Sorry. Uh, we've got his coaches here, by the way, and we see in the background. He's, he's, Carlos Moyer is still his lead coach, but this is Lopez who joined his team a couple of months ago. And I just want to point something out. I think it's a great addition to the team, and I think it gives a nice voice, an additional voice after five years with just Moyer, more or less. I know he's got another coach too, but primarily Moyer. It's nice to have another voice, but watch them in the crowd. Because when you see Moyo and Lopez in the crowd, Lopez, they're both wearing their masks, Lopez in particular, but Lopez seems to be giggling all the time. And it's almost like this good cop, bad cop combination. Carlos Moyo being the bad cop, and there's, you know, he's fairly serious, probably a pretty good poker player. Uh, Lopez just seems to be giggling. 
Uh, and I don't know what he's giggling at. I mean, he was even giggling during the third set. Uh, I say giggling, you just get to see his his eyes. And I don't know, uh, it's just a funny, good cop, bad cop. Let me know what you think. Okay, anyway, Klechikova, yeah. So um, today she came through. Uh, Klechikova beating, well, we've got it here, Ostapenko, the, the, the match of the of the two uh, French Open champions. And uh, I thought Klechikova would win more comfortably, but it went to a third set. She took an eight-minute bathroom break. I think she said she broke her necklace or something. But we are seeing a bit of a pattern with her. And I gave her the benefit of the doubt last year when it came to that match against Muguruza at the um, at the U.S. Open. And I thought, I thought, um, you know, I thought that thing with Muguruza, I think, was touch and go. I felt a bit sorry for Muguruza. I don't think that she took it very well. And I think she could have been more composed. And we do see that with Muguruza from time to time. Um, but I thought, you know what? And Krojcikova was apologetic. At the net, if you remember, there was an exchange at the net after the match, and Kochikov was like, "I'm really sorry," but and and uh, at that point, Muguruza wasn't accepting the the apology. Let's put it that way. And it happened again today, and she got a time violation under the let's call it the Sitsi Pass ruling. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, she got a she got a, a time violation for that. We all remember the Bosman ruling in football, uh, the Rooney ruling in American football. And now we have uh, the Sitsi Pass ruling, I think we've got to call it, in tennis. Or perhaps it should be called Andy Murray ruling, because perhaps it's him who won the case. But I think we're done with... Um, oh, Match Point Manorino, thank you. Game to Love Tennis Podcaster reminding us of that uh, on three separate occasions. <laughs> really, uh, just keep... I think you're spanning the chat. I'm wondering whether we should uh, we should block that account. Let us uh, let me know what you think in the chat. Um, at least give it a, a, a violation anyway. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit, let's, let's keep an eye on this one. Anyway, she, she took the, that was the first, um, first, by the way, implementation of the Sitsi pass, Andy Murray ruling, whatever you want to call it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to see that too often. I mean, I do think there's other things that, that, are, that I think with this ruling that I think make it a little trickier to implement. I mean, we've seen, um, we've seen Berrettini earlier this week having some medical issues, if you like, uh, and, and needing to have time out. And those things, of course, can occur uh, um, uh, for all of us. And yeah, uh, oh, Karatsev has saved a match point. But it's on the, it's on the Manorino serve, if I'm, if I'm right. So um, he's serving for the, for the match. But this could last who knows how long. Uh, we've probably got about another 10 minutes on the Silk Report. And, well, some of the rallies might be lasting 10 minutes. We'll see how that pans out. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Let me know. Am I being harsh on Kretschik over there? But it's becoming a pattern. Let's keep an eye on that. But she's through and she's looking good. Um, tough half of the draw. You know, Bedosa's in there. Zachary's in there. Uh, Barty's in there. Um Anisimova is in there. Can we can we include her? Maybe not necessarily as a winner, but certainly as someone who could go far. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, we've already done Badosa. Madison Keys, by the way, in one of the more dramatic matches. Well, I say dramatic. It it went to the, the fifth set super tie or third set super tie break and ultimately um, uh, pulling through. Sakari, by the way, going through. Uh, oh, Manorino's won. Yeah. I guess if Manorino's won, then... Let me know, if, particularly from Rafa Nadal's perspective. I guess that's a good thing. Karatsev was kind of looking vulnerable in every round, and he was just pulling through uh, for one reason or another. And ultimately, you can't you can't keep doing that. You can do it once, or maybe even twice in a in a slam run. But 
anyway, it's a bit of a pity for for Karatsev. Maybe even the ultimate calf machine. Maybe there were just too many kilometers in those legs after uh, three Titanic tussles. Anyway, Manorino's done, so that's nice. Uh, Ben's crying. I hope he's okay from Liam. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, Mon uh, Mononlave, Mononlave 21. Sakari next opponent is tricky. Pagula looking good. Yeah, fair enough. But I tell you what, let's let's talk about Sakari because I, I she's been very quiet, let's say. I, she's not come up against a top-level opponent, so there hasn't been a lot of focus on her, but she's been winning each round in straight sets. You know, there's been no drama. There's been no, uh, you know, uh, drama in the press conferences sometimes with Sakari. I mean, I say drama, I mean, she, but she, she gives some great quotes, let's say, in the, in the press conference. But it's been a fairly methodical way uh, for her going through. Matha D'Souza talking about uh, Nadal's head-to-head with Manorino being 2-0. I'd like to know a bit more about that. Were they on clay? How recently were they? Um, because I think... You know, if they were both at the uh, Philip Chatrier in 2013-2014, then I think that's very different to uh, Australian Open 2022. But, um, yeah, let me know about that. So happy for Manorino there, says hashtag MCSG. Uh, let me know what the MCSG uh, stands for. Uh, Manorino's playing pretty well, according to Tom Lazar, 36. Um, yeah, but I think he's still got to play. I, I think with 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 Rafa, I don't think he struggles against um, defensive players because what you find with a defensive player or, or playing defensively, like we saw with Murray on Monday in the in the first round, when Murray was just playing, particularly in sets sort of three, four, five, was just getting the ball back and waiting for. Uh, Basilashvili to make a mistake and it happens. Paris and China. So once on clay, once on a hard court. Um, thanks, Liam. So, um, okay, 2019, 2016, great. Okay. Um, but I don't think Rafa struggles so much against this type of opponent. Rafa's problems tend to be people who are unbelievable backhands, especially down the line, and unbelievably big serves, which is why. Berrettini doesn't quite have the combo. Of course, by the way, we're going to come to Berrettini, but Alcaraz, my goodness me, I can't believe I haven't mentioned that so far. But um, okay, Rafa is hot. Uh, Hinal Patel, thank you for that analysis. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't think Rafa struggles against defensive players. And we saw, because because Rafa doesn't lose his, his cool in this manner. He just, he can hit through players and he's not, you know, he might make a few unforced errors, but eventually he's going to make more winners. If it's a simple sitting the ball up in the centre of the court, as uh, some of those shots that Basilashvili was missing the other day, and it also hatching off today. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the women's. Yeah, Sakura, I think, I think it's, you know, it's nice for her. And I must say I've got a soft spot for her, mainly because I find that her defeats, she does take pretty badly. And they've been in the semi-finals, and that may yet occur again. I mean, it's a tough half with both Bedosa and and Barty, but also Krejcikova in there. Let's see how it pans out. Um, but I'd love to see her go all the way. So, anything else on the women's side? Pagula, we just sort of briefly mentioned. Azarenka, well, we did that on the live stream last night. Um, not much more to say about that. Six love, six two. I mean, Svitolina was lucky to get love in that first set, I think. Uh, Barter, we've already touched on. Um, I think it was a, a decent run from Georgie, but ultimately uh, more than met her match today. And we've already done uh, Osaka Anisimova. And it's taken me about half an hour to get that pronunciation right. Let's get on to the men's side, the games that the matches I've missed. Somebody else who's spectacular on the court. But again, his pathway has been fairly 
unremarkable, if you like. I think he's not dropped a set yet, and he's going through all the time. Gael Monfils, um, again, we're not talking about him. The Djokovic thing, of course, opened up that quarter, meaning I do see him getting to the quarterfinals. I think he's going to play Ketsmanovic in the next round. Ketsmanovic, by the way, we talk about benefiting from uh, Djokovic's absence. Of course, he was due to play Djokovic in the first round and probably was thinking, I'm going to be going home on Tuesday. Well, rebook your flight, my friend. You're here for another few more days. And uh, that's a good win against Sonigo, the 25 seed, I think. Opelka Shapovalov. I saw this one going either way because of the way uh, Shapovalov has been very much, as they hit and miss, kind of classic Shapovalov in the tournament so far. That's a good win, but Zverev lies in wait, and Zverev is obviously the hot favourite. Uh, we've already done Karenia Busta. Uh, Zverev, by the way, I mean, that was a piece of cake for him. I didn't expect it anything else. I think Zverev got a bit lucky, I think, with the draw because I saw the draw at the beginning. I thought, oh, that's a bit tricky for Zverev, a fellow German in the first round, Milman in the second round, and, and Harris in the third round. That was his path that I saw at this point. But once Harris goes out in round one, boom, you know, that does sort of make things a bit easier. Milman was nowhere near the level that he showed against Federer a couple of years ago. So Zverev's pathway so far has been rudimentary, but he's had rudimentary paths in the past and still gone out. Um, so hats off to him, and he's looking good. And he's the guy. He's the guy. If you talk about I We Dream about Rafa, I think in terms of the matchup, at least, I think Rafa against Zverev is much harder for Rafa than Rafa against Medvedev. I'm not saying that he'll beat Medvedev if he gets that far. But if you say to me, Rafa, Medvedev, I think it's 60-40 in Medvedev's favor. Zverev, I think, is 70-80 in, in Zverev's favor. But anyway, Karatsev, we've just spoke about with Manorino. They're finally going through. So I think that brings us to the final match to discuss, which obviously has to be uh, the Alcaraz-Berrettini match here. Wow. I couldn't watch all of it. It fell at the wrong time for me, but I did watch the opening. Well, I watched the opening set, basically, which was, yeah, it was also a strange opening set in the way it panned out. The first four games, they shared them, two each. But Berrettini was struggling to hold his serve every time. Berrettini was hanging in there. The level, if, if, even though it was 2-2 on the scoreboard after four, four games, for me, it looked like, you know what? I thought Alcaraz would win. I saw it has been a 60-40 match. I'm not underestimating Berrettini. Berrettini, is absolute best, is, you know, a semi-finalist, a finalist at a Grand Slam tournament, as we've seen on a couple of occasions before. But... Yeah, Tom Lassar was was very lucky. He got the last 30 minutes. Yeah, I think if you're going to catch 30 minutes of this match, of course, the last 30 being the probably the best. Um, but yeah, I saw the first set anyway. And the first four games, although it was tall on the scoreboard, Alcaraz's level was... And, and I saw it, if I thought it was 60-40 before the match, having watched those four games, I thought Alcaraz is going to win today. What then happened for the next four games? Uh, let me know what you think in the live chat. How did that first set just run away from Garcia in that way? Uh, sorry, from uh, Alcaraz in that first set. I, I don't know what happened. And then, of course, he loses the second set. We're looking at some stats there, by the way. Alcaraz is served. 12 aces, by the way, is pretty good, considering we kind of, I know it went to five sets, so you should get one or two more aces. But he actually out-aced Berrettini today, which is saying something with a guy as big a serve as Berrettini. Um, I think that also shows well on Alcaraz in terms of his ability to return. Uh, 
obviously Alcaraz taking a few more risks there, getting the double faults, but it was, you know, it was really nip and tuck. Um, and Berrettini winning two tie breaks, fifth set super tie break was massive. But Alcaraz, uh, as well, he touched on his interview, he was quite happy with the way he played. And, 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 and so he should be. He is now going to toe-to-toe with the top hardcore players in the world. I would put Berrettini on a hardcore in the top six players in the world. I think he's, I think against, I think I'd put him ahead of Rublev, uh, despite Rublev's ranking being slightly higher than Berrettini's right now. I see uh, Djokovic, of course. Um, I see uh, Medvedev, Zverev being the three standout hardcore players. You would then put in the next category Sitsipas and Rafa, probably. And then I would have I would have Berrettini. And bear in mind Djokovic is not here. Uh I would put him in the sort of top five. How is Berrettini injury concerns missed the match? Well, George, uh there was no concern for me in the first set. First set. His concerns were, were more health, as in like um I think he was had a bit of a stomach bug in the first round. Uh I touched on that a bit earlier. Um, but I don't think there's any other ailments to talk of right now let me know in the live chat if i'm missing something rolled his ankle slightly but not completely okay if it's about his fall i think it's fine so it was the fall today i didn't see that fall um looked like a tweak uh what set did that come in by the way liam if you can remember uh anyway so listen alcaraz you know he i'm already think i mean i saw a eurosport debate about whether he would make world number one i i don't think i think that's a pretty short debate he is a world number one one day Come back to me on the Silk Report in five years if he hasn't made world number one, and we'll have that discussion then. He's a Grand Slam winner for sure one day. Will that day be in 2022? After four games last night, I thought, yes, not necessarily in Australia, but I think there's a French Open for sure, just waiting for him. Will that be before or after Rafa retires? Don't know. Um, But for me, he's in the top four or five favourites coming into Roland Garros. I know there's Rafa and the rest, but he's in that next group, along with Djokovic and Tsitsipas, in my opinion, who could win the French Open this year. This year, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but anyway, okay, fourth or fifth. Thanks, Liam. So, but still, Berrettini, that's a great win for Berrettini. Let's look at Berrettini for a second, because I think US Open semi-final 2019. Okay, French Open, uh, sorry, Wimbledon last year final as well. He's a great by the way, player on all surfaces, I think. I mean, possibly you would say the most likely slam if he is to win one would be Wimbledon. Um, and, but not far behind would be the two hard courts. And I don't see him winning the French, but he's pretty good on clay. We saw him get to the final and play Zverev in Madrid last year. We saw him lose just t- four tight sets to Djokovic at the French Open last year. So um, let's have a look at this over there. Alcaraz has added some muscle. He should dress in the Nadal 2008 Capri pants with cut-off shirt Wimbledon. And Medvedev can wear the Federer sweater in the final. I like that idea. Yeah, I do like that idea. By the way, we didn't touch on Medvedev's um, interviews, uh, both with Eurosport, where he said some of the crowd needs to uh, improve their IQ, but also some of the other um, comments he made. And that was very funny. And also, I saw a clip today of um, Kyrgios having a swig of beer from someone in the crowd afterwards. I apologize for not dwelling on that too much yesterday and I should have done because it, it's funny. And yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked a bit there. But so Berrettini, yeah, great win for him. Um, problem for him is that it'll be Rafa or Sverev probably in the semi-final, And I probably, that's where I see his run ending. 
uh, him versus uh, Monfils, I think, is the quarterfinal, if I'm right. I guess I would make Berrettini slight favorite in that. Um, let me know what you think in the live chat. I know Monfils has been streaming through and, and doing very well without dropping a set, but from the quarterfinal onwards, the level of opponent steps up. Okay. Uh, anything I've missed? I don't think so. Any other business? Uh, quite your cover toilet break we've done. So let's get to this evening. Stroke tomorrow. PCB favorite versus Berrettini. I think so. No, don't agree with that. 12 travel 21. Um, I see this being PCB's end, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but let me know what you think in the live chat. Okay, let's get to tonight. Stroke tomorrow's action. Uh, we should be doing a live stream tonight, by the way. So tune in for that. Uh, Clara Towson. By, by the way, I'm I'm offended, if I'm honest, and I want to get this off my chest right now. I'm offended by the fact that Ben has never asked me to do a voiceover for a button. And uh, Clara Towson, I think, suggests, suggests that I should at least be asked. I, I, I will say no, because I've got, you know, I've got, my own thing and I've got in, in you know, I want to keep my powder dry and wait for other contracts to come. But uh, I'm a bit offended that I haven't been asked thus far. And and uh, yeah, uh, let me know what you think in the live chat. Um, should I get that? How do you see it going, by the way, tonight? Clara Towson, Daniel Collins. 50-50 for me. Am I am I bigging up Towson too much? Again, let me know what you think in the live chat. George McCauley, John Silk Remix. Thank you very much. Gene, where have you been? Where have you been, my friend? You're, you're, you're late. i is it because Gene, I didn't put the South African time in the in the in the tweet I sent out earlier? I put loads of different time zones. I was thinking about including South Africa, and then I thought, nah, Gene will be there no matter what. And it's good to have you on board. Uh, Soiconic predicting Collins. Um, I think it's fifty fifty. Uh, who is the winner? Kitsmanovic or Monfils? Uh, Monfils for me. Um, yeah, uh, pretty pretty clear favorite i would say or maybe i'm going too heavy on monfils i think it's just great to see monfils happy again calendar slam for rafa uh not in a million years i think if he won if he wins one major this year i think that's a it's a good year uh two unbelievable and uh i think two is probably his limit you would imagine he's still the favorite for the french um i can't believe ben casting doubts on on him at the french open this year but uh, as as JG has mentioned in the past, if Rafa's at the French Open, doesn't matter if he's 40, 60, 80, doesn't matter what condition he's in, he goes into the French Open as, as favourite every year. Um, Gene, sorry that I'm late. Current, uh, currently celebrating because I passed all my subjects with an A, which means my university entry is guaranteed. Well, congratulations, Gene. Uh, a very loyal um, a viewer of the Game to Love podcast, and we're really pleased for you on that one. Uh, what does celebrating mean, by the way, Gene? Are you having a beer or two, perhaps? Um, so, yeah, uh, where any other business? Yeah, so uh, tonight we're Clara Towson. We've also got Medvedev playing tomorrow as well. Oh, oh, regarding the Towson-Daniel Collins match, I have some breaking news. We are going to have a special guest on the show tonight, uh, making their first appearance on Game to Love. Can you guess who it is in the live chat? I will not be revealing right now, but fire away with some of your guesses in the live chat. If you can guess who is going to be our guest, 
making their debut on Game to Love tonight. Very exciting uh, news. Let us know who you think it will be. Gene says no beers, uh, just loads of food and stuff. Okay, nice. Nice one, Gene. Congratulations. They're all the same. Ross is suggesting, are we going to get Djokovic on the live stream tonight? Tune in. Tune in for the Towson Collins match to play. Uh, is it a tennis player? Well, they play tennis. They play tennis. Let him go for Richard Branson. That's left field. That one is. Uh, <laughs> JG suggesting, is it Del Potro? Um, I, I, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to say right now, it's not Del Potro. That's all I'm telling you. Um, we wanted Del Potro. We spoke to him. But unfortunately, uh, injuries have meant that he can't play or watch or join for the live stream. So sadly, he won't be there. Serena is a suggestion. Um, Serena Williams, of course. Um, Liam going King Jong-un. Uh, well, if um, if Richard Branson is left wing, <laughs> uh, uh, left field, sorry. Uh, Kim Jong-un is, I don't know what field he's in. Uh, by the way, North Korea, uh, uh, little fun stat. In the capital, they have the biggest soccer stadium in the world. Go check it out. Google it. Wikipedia it. They have the biggest soccer stadium in the world. I think it's about 190,000 capacity, which is almost double the next biggest, which will probably be the Azteca in, in Mexico and, and Barcelona with about 90. Um, it's double that, basically. Has anyone seen this stadium? No. But... Let's let's trust the let's trust uh, Kim Jong Un on that. Uh, why would why would he tell anything otherwise? And also tune in tonight, and you can ask him in the live chat if he's the special guest about this stadium that supposedly exists. I've seen a picture on Wikipedia, although it's pretty small. Uh, I haven't managed to count all the seats. Uh, nice one there from Jack, by the way, suggesting it could be Patrick Mortoglu, and I apologise on the on the surname there. Yeah, of course, um, Serena Williams is coach and and a, an esteemed coach. Uh, in the game. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Liam. That's what they told us, John. Wouldn't trust that. Yeah, well, tune in tonight, Liam, and maybe ask the, the big man himself. Uh, is it true? Can you provide evidence that you've got this stadium with 190,000 capacity? Listen, uh, who knows? Who knows? But uh, it's an interesting thing. Uh, why would you lie about it? Oh, uh, there was something I touched on in, in, a, in a chat, I think, on the live chat yesterday, and I wanted to be reminded of this which was um, uh, basically many people have a dream, okay? Martin Luther King had a dream. Others have dreams. We saw Sammy Stosa's dream of winning a Grand Slam that was fulfilled. Rafa Nadal and, and, and Federer have talked about beyond their wildest dreams, you know, winning 20 slams. Let me tell you about my dream. My dream is to date a tennis player, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Basically, I would like to follow them around. I will be the loyal boyfriend in the crowd. I'll be the guy there who's clapping and cheering them on. I would like a drink or two, you know, probably a glass of champagne would be very nice throughout. But I would love to go travel around all these tournaments, even just one tournament. I'm quite happy with a two-week relationship, by the way, for the, for the duration of a slam. My only concern is, though, that if she went out early, if she goes out like, like let's say, just for argument's sake, Muguruza. Uh, Muguruza, I I am single, by the way. Um, send me a, a private message on on Twitter if you if you want to go out for you know, I, I'll, I can pay at least for the first two rounds if that helps. Um, I, I would like this, but the problem is if Muguruza is going out in round two as she did here, 
and she's saying that she wants to get on the next flight home. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I want to stay for Rafa. I want to stay for the two weeks. I want final. I want to, you know, if you're going out early, that's no good for the relationship. In fact, I think it would probably put the relationship at an end, but I certainly want guarantees of, of final tickets. So that's my dream. Let me know in the chat. Gene's dream is to be the commentator box to represent GTL. I think that's a very realistic gene, dream, Gene. Dream, Gene, Gene, dream. Definitely. Let me know what your dreams are, by the way. Um, Deborah, they're giving a good old giggle. Um, I, I, by the way, I, I think probably right now would be better to be Bedosa's um, boyfriend because, you know, I think she's got a good chance of making the final. Problem with Bedosa is, is that she's got a boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, let's say his six-pack is a little better than mine. Little, little. I've got a bit of work to do in the gym, kind of like Rafa Nadal. I need to spend the next hour, an hour and a half per day in the gym. Uh, JG says I'm better looking than Bedosa's boyfriend. I completely agree. I, I, I think you're right, JG. Um, and by the way, uh, maybe I'm not saying maybe Bedosa's boyfriend could be the guest this evening. Kim Jong Un, Bedosa's boyfriend. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, my dream from Liam is to have eight Jaeger bombs with John Silk and cause carnage outside Philip Chatrier. Liam, uh, Philip Chatrier, sometime end of May, beginning of June. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, by the way, I might even be on Philip Chatrier, and I don't mean as a wild card. I mean, as in going to the to the matches there. Well, I mean, again, French Open. Give me a wild card. I'm happy. Um, also, let me know in the chat if you think um, could you as an individual, win a win a point against, let's say, uh, a top four or five player. Could you win a point? Let's say if you're if you're on the women's side, could you win a point against Ash Barty over two or three sets? Could you win a point? Well, two sets. I'm assuming you're not going to win a set. Um, could you win a point against Rafa or Medvedev or, or, or Zverev? Uh, Zverev, I'm going to win a point. Let me tell you that now, and I'll tell you why. Double faults. Sabalenka. I think you might even win a set against Sabalenka right now. Um, okay, anyway, that brings us, I think, to the end of this. I'm just going to go back and just briefly remind you of tonight's stream uh, that's guaranteed. We're going to have Clara Towson with Ben plus special guest. Clara Towson against Daniel Collins. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to more of these silk reports. Looking forward to, yes, day six, that'll be. I'm getting confused with all these days, but... Let me tell you now, it's getting a little easier to cover now. <laughs> There's slightly less matches, and uh, that's cool. Like and subscribe, guys, and I'll see you this time tomorrow. Ciao. Podcast Network.